Tim, we got uh, Colby here. What do you want to ask him? Reaching back to your early days, I mean, what was your first deal? My very first deal was my my first house. I bought it 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, you know, it, it was another job. It was just like, why do this? But looking at it and from the multifamily perspective, yes, I mean, it makes sense because the bigger the property, the easier it is to get a loan. You know, if, if you have 10, 10 units under one roof and two of them are vacant, well, guess what? You can probably still pay the mortgage and put them in. And so... So my first multifamily was a was a 15 unit, and you know I learned a lot. I made a huge amount of mistakes off of it, mm-hmm. but um, you know I'm going to make money. I'm getting ready to sell it. Welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast with your host Brian Briscoe. In this podcast, we bring some of the top professionals in the apartment investing field to discuss various aspects of the apartment investing journey with the sole purpose of educating listeners to make wise investment decisions. The Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast is sponsored by Four Oaks Capital, bringing you high yield returns through apartment complex investing. Welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast. I'm your host, Brian Briscoe with Four Oaks Capital. Another one of our Ask the Expert episodes today. And, you know, I'm always excited to to do another podcast episode. Today, we've got Colby Bowers and Tim Dooley on the line with us. So, um, Colby, we'll hit you first. So, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. Uh, appreciate it. Glad to have have. Glad to be here, and hey, congratulations on uh, the retirement. I like the I like the look. I know, I know. You can tell exactly how long it's been since I retired by the length of my hair and my my beards. I haven't, uh, you know, haven't cut my hair or shaved my chin since uh, since I got my D two fourteen. So, um, I'm not sure how long long that's going to last, though. I'm not going to do that forever, but uh, I appreciate it. Um, with that said, uh, Kobe, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So Brian, just like you, um, I spent uh, over 20 years in the military, I retired from the Air Force, uh, just finished up my first retirement enlistment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a little over four years and uh, uh, enjoying the, the retired life. But I was, I was a medic, um, did a lot of deployments. Um, while I was in, when I was doing all those deployments, I'm like, I wanted to kind of get into the real estate and this was before the 06 market. Mm-hmm. And so I just started like everyone else has got into single family homes, did some fix and flips and, you know, started realizing that, you know, I wanted to get into bigger and better things. I wanted to really mm-hmm. get into that, the, the commercial world, but I wasn't really sure how to. And so fast forward a couple of years when I actually retired, uh, had a little bit more time and lack direction, less like most retirees of, from the military is like, what do I want to do now? Yeah. And uh, so I started attending some commercial real estate, some boot camps, uh, met some great mentors, asked a lot of questions, um, learned what I could, and actually ended up jumping in with both feet into the commercial real estate back in 2017. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, and this this year's been a good year. Uh, you know, closed on. I've closed on four deals this year, totaling about 134 units. Nice. Uh, and this sits around my portfolio, sitting right close to, I think right at 640 doors total across right. uh, about three states. Well, coincidentally, we are at 629. So we're, we're neck and neck as far as total doors. But uh, nice. nice. Yeah. So for this year, that's you've had a pretty good year then. It was a good run. Yeah. We uh, kind of, COVID uh, 
cause us to kind of kind of draw back a little bit and mm-hmm. look at our process. And we realized that um, our process wasn't the best when it came to deal sourcing. So we kind of pivoted and took a look at it and really did a huge uh, direct-to-seller campaign. And so all four of these properties are uh, direct-to-seller, so no brokers involved whatsoever. Nice. Yeah, that's that's, uh, convenient if you can get that worked out because... uh... You know, if the brokers, I don't know, I have, I have a love-hate relationship with brokers. You know, I love them because they can introduce you to a lot of owners and they they almost control the deals. But I hate them because a lot of times the the communication, you know, they sometimes they're a barrier to communication. But yeah, if you can if you can go direct to owner, I think there, there's a lot of goodness in that. So um, if you would uh, tell us a little bit about how you you approach the direct to owner campaign. Yeah. So, you know, just like everyone else, we beg borrowed um, and, and uh, from different sources, you know, so everyone that I knew that had a, uh, you know, either Reonomy, uh, CoStar, any kind of account, um, yeah. you know, I bribed them with uh, bourbon, uh, cigars, anything that would <laughs> get them to send me a list. So I didn't yeah. have to pay the, uh, all that money. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, we we turned that into a spreadsheet, uh, Excel spreadsheet into the markets that we were interested in. And we just broke them down into basically uh, two, two formats. Uh, one, we had uh, 100 units and below, and then uh, had 100 units and above. Uh, mm-hmm. And because our approach is a little bit different, you know, a direct to seller, yeah. someone that owns, in my experience in my markets, if they have a little bit, if they have less than 100 units, Typically, you know, they may not be as sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're more of a mom and pop, you know, just smaller. It's been in a family. You know, it's not that nothing against them, but our approach is, is going to be different than if we're reaching out to an actual company that has, you know, 150 unit apartment complex. Um, so we just, just started dialing it in and uh, sent uh, mailers. Uh, got some good responses back. <clears throat> really started uh, making good headways when we hired a mm-hmm. uh, virtual assistant mm-hmm. and yep. realized that, you know, I hate rejection. I don't know if it just comes back from high school and all that. Um, but, you know, <laughs> making all those cold calls yeah. uh, wasn't fun. I, you know, I hate that. So uh turned it over to a VA who is a lot better at making those calls mm-hmm. and stuff than, than I am. And they hand me off the warm leads. So when I'm going in, you know, I'm, it's somebody that's interested building that rapport and, you know, and just, and finding out their pain points. And that's mm-hmm. been, especially with COVID and the way the market has been, um, it's not, it, you know, it's really, it's not about the price. Uh, obviously price does pay an imp- a thing. It's not like you're going to be able to steal a property um, by uh, underpaying, but, you know, going in and finding out, well, what are they wanting to do? Are they trying to retire? Mm-hmm. Do they want to avoid capital gains? You know, do they want to lump sum? Um you know, you just kind of find out what's what are their needs and wants and desires, and then we would just uh, we would adjust our our offer and everything to fit that. Try to you know nice. solve the problems for them. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Now, um, a lot of people talk about you know the direct owner campaign being being a numbers game, and if you don't have exact numbers right now, I'll, I'll forgive you. But for the four that you purchased direct to owner this year. How many original calls do you think you made, or how many people started out on that list? Oh, well, um, easily we probably our VA and stuff probably called uh, well over. I'd say probably pushing a thousand, a thousand owners. 
All right. So, I mean, if you look at the the overall return rate, and I think a lot of people are dissuaded from that because of the number of calls you have to make, but, uh, you know, a thousand, so you're, you're about 250 roughly calls per property is, is per closing. Per closing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, you have a lot of folks that are interested in selling, mm-hmm. you know, for the right number, but, yep. you know, to actually get to closing, yeah, around that, probably that, what, 4%, like I said, 250 yep. to one. Yep. Um but we're probably, you know, out of the out of 250, we're probably we can get it down. I, mean, I want to say, you know, we get about 10 to 15 warm leads. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, but most of those again are just folks that are like, here's my number. Yeah. You know, I don't need to sell or want to sell, but you know, if, if you pay me this, I'll sell. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, I, I like that. And you know. You you hired a VA to do a lot of the the dirty work and something something you said I think I really keyed in on is you you don't you're not very good at that type of call and it's very time consuming so I think you did the smart thing there you hired somebody else who was good at it and you know basically sends you the warm leads so out of the 250 calls you're talking to maybe 10 people and turn those 10 people into to one closing so um, love love the process you had set up. Thanks. It's worked. We're just trying to trying to grow it and keep it going. Yeah. All right. So one one question I like to ask everybody, and looking more for for people's motivation, because I, I found in my my life, you know, when, when I have kind of a deep seated why, I've, I've always been a lot more successful. So, what is your big burning why? You know, that's. You know, I agree one hundred percent. I think uh, getting into this, if you're in it just for the materialistic piece of it um, or for money, um, I think you're going to get burnt out and you're going to get chewed up and spit out in this industry. Uh, you know, your why has to be a little bit more founded uh, than, than just that. Um, you know, like 23 years in the military, you know, I enjoyed being a part of something bigger than myself. And so really it's coming in is that's my why is is coming in is, you know, I, it, it's obviously it's about the money, right? We wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't be yeah. entrepreneurs, but it's not the end all be all, you know, for me, it's more of the satisfaction. So like mine is creating that community. So any community market I go into it, you know, how can I give back to the community? Uh, you know, one thing that I do with veteran pride investment group is I donate 20% of my company's profits back to veteran and first responder charities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also look at in those communities, instead of having all, you know, market rent, you know, we try to keep a portion. Um, our goal is 10%. Right now we're hovering about 5% cross portfolio mm-hmm. and, and trying to increase it. But set aside is, um, you know, like HUD VASH. So for potential homeless veterans um, and then also Section 8. So keeping that affordable housing. Mm-hmm. And with that, you know, I, I do this full time. But, you know, that just wasn't enough. And my why, like I said, my why is to give him back and, and doing something greater myself. And this is where and we talked about this briefly before we talked. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I started a nonprofit last year with my wife, yep. um, just got back from Kilimanjaro with uh, myself and three other wounded warriors, mm-hmm. um, active duty and a local first responder from Colorado um, and summited it. And so we're going to kick off five to seven year research project into traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. So those are my big passions and, you know, doing real estate helps me focus on those passions. 
you know, so I don't look at this as a nine to five job, but the fact that, you know, I got to go spend three weeks in Tanzania or excuse me, two weeks in Tanzania. And, you know, I didn't have to worry about punching the time clock or putting in for leave. I just coordinated my schedule and went, you know, well, I had to get permission from my wife, but (laughs) I didn't have another boss. Yeah, you know, and uh, that's that's one thing I do love about you know being full time in this business. And I just transitioned full time. Is you, you have a lot more flexibility than you do in a W two job. And you know, we're going to be taking our kids, you know, two weeks from now to Disney World. You know, going to Orlando. I've never been to Orlando, so you know, we're going to Orlando, taking the kids, and didn't have to ask anybody permission. It's just, hey, let's go to Disney World. But. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, anyway, I love, I love the project you have done and, you know, um, we, we obviously talked about it earlier and I, I think it's, it's amazing the type of stuff that you're doing. And, um, I may have had a little FOMO every time I thought of you at Kilimanjaro, but, uh, anyway, let's, let's talk about a specific deal right now. If, if you wouldn't mind, you know, pick, pick, uh, one of your first, one of your most recent or one of your favorites and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, I got one. I'm really excited about now. It's, it's, uh, it's a, small it's a smaller property it's 20 unit again got it direct to seller and we just closed on it in july and we're basically going to do a, a total gut remodel on this like mm-hmm. we have it is we brought it down to zero occupancy and we're just going to go in and knock all this out but what we're going to do is is instead of turning it back into long-term rentals mm-hmm. um we are actually turning it into a corporate rental mm-hmm. and uh and basically this due is proximity. It's literally across the street from three major hospitals, uh, including the VA center. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, we're looking at by uh, our conservative projections are within 24 months is basically we're going to double the, uh, the LOI, mm-hmm. which is going to turn around and literally double the pro or double the value of this property. Yeah. And so we're looking at doing a cash out refinance at that point. And we'll have almost probably actually have 100% of our investors' equity, our equity. And we're actually in talks with a couple, uh, two of the hospitals. They may actually, and they're seriously considering doing Mm -hmm. a master lease. So we don't even have to worry about property management. They put the people in there. Even if they sit empty, they're paying us each month. Mm -hmm. We just make sure that they're cleaned, taken care of. you know, so so really excited about that and the cash flow. That's it's yeah. one of those ones that everyone's like, you know, salivates over and is like, man, that's that's that true home run. And so knock on wood, our um it's uh we got the renovations going and started, and we've got a lot of uh interest mm-hmm. uh in it already. We've kind of been putting some teasers out there for rentals and for our prices. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we're we're really excited to see how this one plays out over the next twelve to eighteen months. That sounds awesome. Sounds like a lot of fun, you know. And I think you know, with, with the executive rentals, you're obviously going to get a higher price. Um, I assume you're, these are going to be furnished, you know, yep. so a little more money going in. But the, the short term rental or the executive rentals, you're going to get a higher price. You're going to get a better tenant. They're going to stay for a little longer period than your short term rentals. Um, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of good reasons to go that route. So, sounds like an amazing amazing little deal. Uh, that said, what, what's next for you? Yeah, we're you know so I, I get that asked all the time. Well, you know, you guys close four deals. What's next? And I'll be honest with you, mm-hmm. I'm actually I'm taking a book out of uh, uh, Kilimanjaro trip, and and it, 
why this is important is, you know, being on that mountain for eight days, no cell signal or anything was uh, phenomenal. And the guides in Swahili, they call it poli poli. And really what that means is, is, is it's, it's take your time. It's to go slow and uh, enjoy the ride enjoy the mountain. That's what they kept stressing with is let's go slow. And, you know, one is it, it, it gets you to the summit. Uh, so you don't uh, overexert yourself, but mm-hmm. yeah, you get to stop, look around, take pictures, you know, enjoy the views and stuff. Um, and so that I took from that is because, you know, I was kind of burnt out this year, you know, four mm-hmm. deals. And these are complete gut remodels just about um, they're all renovations. So it's a lot of time. It's just, man, it's a lot of time away from the family and stuff. So long story short is what I'm doing is, is I'm going to pull a pulley for the next 90 days. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go slow. I'm focusing on the properties that I have, getting them stabilized um, and enjoying family time. And uh, so that's the rest of this year. But uh, 2022, what I'm really excited about with my team and what we're looking at is we're looking to launch our first uh, fund. So mm-hmm. trying to do a fund of funds. And what's going to be unique about this is um, it's not going to be 100% dedicated towards uh, real estate. Obviously, that's going to be probably about 80% of it. Mm-hmm. But we're also looking at uh, investing in other companies. Okay. And uh, one real aspect that I'm, I'm excited about with this is I'm going to be working and leading. So this we got a nice team, big team working on, on this. But uh, I'm going to kind of be the lead and primary focus of um, looking at veteran and first responder entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and how can we support them and potentially invest in their companies. Nice. Uh, So, yeah, so that's that's coming down the pipe uh, sometime in 2022. We're looking to launch it and looking at uh, four to six more deals next year on the real estate side. And, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at about that 150 to 200 doors. All right. Awesome. Yeah, sounds amazing. I wish wish you the best of luck with that one. Thanks. Um, let's shift gears and introduce Tim. So, Tim, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, I I have a background in marine engineering. Uh, from the time I was a kid, my father, who was a chief engineer, and also held the golden shovel at the groundbreaking for the World War II memorial, representing the mm-hmm. Merchant Marine from World War II. Uh, I was groomed to be an engineer on ships. Uh, mm-hmm. I. Uh, sailing unlicensed two years to, because I failed the color vision test for Kings Point, if you know mm-hmm. what that is. And I, so I sailed two years, entry level, pushing a broom, cleaning up, learning some of the tools and following the engineers around. And I finally got accepted to Mass Maritime, graduated, sailed. Um, and when I quit sailing, MS, I worked for a civilian branch of the Navy and they stepped mm-hmm. up the game. You're gone for six months at a time. When you came back to the States, you were in port, but it wasn't like you used to be in port. You're all of a sudden in port Monday to Friday, um, out to sea Monday to Friday, and in for the weekend. You never get to see your family. So I had to come shoreside, and there was no money in it. It was a, it was very stressful. So worked on my marriage. That that eventually failed. And uh, for me, starting out, uh, a lot of the money was going to my ex. I saw myself living hand to mouth trying to pay rent, pay rent, and then eventually trying to afford a place. So my realtor says, why don't you think about buying a duplex? He says, the term house hacking, I haven't heard of it until about two or three years ago. This was in 2012. So between 2012 and 13, we hunted everywhere, missed out on a few, bummed me out, finally found a place centrally located in Virginia Beach. Mm -hmm. Uh, Place was decrepit. It was built in 79 and they did very little 
if anything, maybe throwing paint around. There was no shrubbery, nothing inviting. And I'm going into low power mode, even though I'm plugged in. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, <laughs> I think I have enough to finish this up. But anyway, so uh, so I got this duplex. It was in deplorable condition. I tapped into my mm-hmm. 401k to make the repairs, got the uh, equity out to cover the, the cost, and then also mm-hmm. help pay for my daughter's uh, time at college with this. And this slowly I made repairs in my place, doing everything myself. Bought a set of cabinets locally from a guy who was getting rid of them for a thousand bucks. It would have cost me fifteen thousand at Home Depot. Same yep. exact. Put those in myself. Made a couple of extra features. I'm very handy. I got woodworking skills. I got electrical skills. Everything from shipping that would make home repair doable. But mm-hmm. I couldn't do it all. Four years later, a property came available next door. I'm like, oh, good. Wouldn't want to get rid of it. Got it at a good deal. But she, she used to house sit dogs. And the place mm. stuck to high heaven, carpeting was trash, flooring was trashed. My parents were supposed to move down here. It didn't happen. So I met a, a really fine woman and uh, we hit her off. We're now engaged. She moved in, got rid of the smell of the dog with like 20 gallons of uh, apple cider vinegar, learned a lot of tricks about doing things on the fly. And now I'm, uh, I got it down to a 15 year mortgage and rent is at 14 and now i just heard your stupid base housing in this area is 1350 you got a goose set up to at least 16 yep so the place i'm fixing next door i'm putting all new cabinets in finally uh put architectural doors in i'm going into pocket again out of my 401k to make this happen but i know i'll get it back when i do my taxes next year mm-hmm. um, yeah so you got you got a little bit of traction i've got traction and then i bought another place Mm-hmm. down the street where my fiance a two bedroom into a three bedroom and we turned it into a four bedroom. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's got some issues. They had re- used reclaimed bricks on the chimney, a lot of water issues, but I got such a great deal on it. When I went to refinance and pull the money out, it covered all that. So I'm nice. very fortunate. I feel like I'm living hand to mouth trying to make all this happen. I'm also helping her out because she started the tax business. She's very good. She not over my head when I'm not doing things right with my paperwork, getting my LLC all wrong. I've aborted that. We make a good team. Um, and eventually when we move into our own forever house, we tie the knot here. These properties will pay for the next house, but I want to take it to the next level. I'm yeah. chopping at the, I, I missed out on a four, uh, four unit property in Norfolk on, on 38th street. And it would have definitely been a, 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 a spine breaker with COVID hitting. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that didn't through. Um, so, yeah, but I, I want to go multifamily or go to an apartment complex. I've got mm-hmm. some good contact, hard money loans, but I my bookkeeping is deplorable. Mm-hmm. My fiance is still learning her craft with the taxes. And she's saying I should have a separate LLC per property. I had gone to one of these Nevada LLCs and between her entourage of friends in the tax business beat me up to hell. So I got a Nevada. I scrubbed it. I wasted probably four or $5,000 doing all that. And I'm going to go organic and stay local with LLC. Yeah. But I don't think I need to have an LLC per property. I think, isn't there a way to do one in S Corp? She was all over me for the S Corp. So I yeah. need to learn the ropes. I need a mentor. Membership um, is definitely where I think I can benefit most being hot in the fire and learning mm-hmm. on the fly. That's what I learned best. All right. Well, let's see if we can uh, give you a little bit of advice on how to get the next step. So, I mean, Tim, we got uh, Colby here. What do you want to ask him? 
Colby, so reaching back to your early days, I mean, what was your first deal? My very first deal was my, my first house. I bought it 25 years old, um, paid a little over $100,000 and was scared list. Um, you did, but that was a lot of money back, back then. Um, and, but once I went through that process, you know, that's, I got into the single family cause I'm like, Hey, you know, it's, I could easily get loans and stuff for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so like I said, started out, cut my teeth and stuff on single family, a couple duplexes, triplexes here and there. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, one of the, the, the holdbacks to that is you're, you don't have really a lot of economy of scale. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, is you know, I was paying 10% for property management on each process, right? Because I was still active duty. I was deploying, I was moving around the country. So I couldn't like, I couldn't actively manage them myself successfully. Right. Yeah. So that, you know, that eats in, but then, you know, with the single family home, um, you know, it's either hundred percent occupied or it's hundred percent vacant. Right. You know, yeah. So there's no in between. And then I started looking at the profit margins and I was like, man, I'm only making, you know, couple hundred dollars, you know, a couple thousand dollars a year per property yeah. per unit. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, it, it was another job. It was just like, why do this? Um, but looking at it and from the multifamily perspective, yes. I mean, it makes sense because the bigger the property, the easier it is to get a loan, which is it's yeah. counterintuitive, but it's true, it though. Offers, you know, if, if you have 10, 10 units under one roof and two of them are vacant. Well, guess what? You can probably still pay the mortgage yep. and put them in. And so, you know, so that's, that's was the solid thing. And, and so my first unit, uh, or my first multifamily um, out by myself that I took down um, was a, was a 15 unit. And, oh. you know, I learned a lot. I made a huge amount of mistakes off of it mm-hmm. but um you know i'm gonna make money i'm getting ready to sell it and um and move on but it, it was a huge it was a great one it was a great property to cut my teeth on yeah so nice so yeah so I, my thing is is go multifamily as, as soon as you can you start seeing the benefits because the same amount of work you're doing for single family in those duplexes you can do for 10 plus yeah. units 20 plus units 50 plus units and it's your you're gonna you'll see the the payments coming in a little yeah. bit that make it worth that at that time. Yeah. So you went to property management store though. You couldn't juggle it all yourself. There's no way. Right. Yeah. Okay. I on even now I don't do property management. I I've tried it. I did a little bit of it when I had a couple uh, single family homes close to me. Um, mm-hmm. I hate it. You know I, I don't want to get those phone calls at midnight. You know yeah. like, hey, my my toilet's leaking or whatever. I do everything third-party management, but what's great on the multifamily side, especially when I going back to the economies of scale, I start buying two, three, four, five properties in one area. My property management costs start going down. So now, mm-hmm. instead of you know 10, 10% for a single family, I'm having paid over eight percent for a single multifamily for proper third-party property management. Yeah. Knock on wood. And the more I'm getting in the economies of scale. You know, I'm getting it down. Um, some places I'm I'm paying four to six percent. Yeah, but nice. you know, I have you know seventy five hundred units. They're multiple thing. You know, so I can they can all they all feed off of each other. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a very young sixty. My dad made it to ninety five, and he gave mm-hmm. up. He gave his law practice at eighty nine. Um, 
So I, I know I've got I've got a good bloodline. I've got a lot of energy. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still holding up very well. But I so I'm, I'm looking at hard money loans, um, uh, private money loans to make it happen. I think I've made some good connections, and I don't know if I should tap mm-hmm. on you guys stuff that you use, but I have no fear. That's my. I think it's a blessing and a curse because I'm not. <laughs> jump right in yep. and I learn all the way. Sure. What the hey, you know, yep. you get with a two by four enough times, you know, when to duck. So, mm-hmm. and so I'm very passionate about jumping in with my fiance. Um, God bless her. She, she supports me, but she's very fearful. And like, why do you want to buy more? What mm-hmm. do you, why are you doing this? And I can't, I can't get her to see that, you know, my 401k took hit when I came shoreside for the first five years, because I stopped giving to it. Then during the course, my ex gets half and then she gets my pension. I'm like, this is, mm-hmm. this is not, I, I was very comfortable as a Marine engineer working in the merch Marines, making crazy money. And now mm-hmm. I'm back to being a land lover and I need to step my game up. I want to be yeah. a chief engineer of my own domain and not have to worry about tapping into my 401k. I want to see the 401k grow or not even worry about it. 401k, that's my drinking money. And let the property build that for me. That's that's where I know that's my next step. But since I'm still working for the government, I got a great gig right now, but it's going to end in about six or eight months. And they're probably going to put me into a position where I'm working much more than I am right now. And I need to step back and either jump into just, I don't want to, re- I really don't want to retire yet. I don't think it's a smart move. It's good to have that extra month, but I do want to step up my game and just venture out and maybe just start with an eight unit. There was a 10 mm-hmm. unit down in the oceanfront and I thought it's too soon, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to wait until January to start my hunt. My boss already said, please don't do anything until May or April when the projects calm down. Uh, he's very good. He's a, uh, he's a mass maritime grad like myself. He's very good about letting me get out and venture out and look around and make up for lost time at night mm-hmm. or earlier in the morning. But yeah, I'm, I'm ready to make that jump come January. Nice. Start the search, look, find, and make a commitment with someone who could help me make it happen and then refinance it, whatever I got to do, parlay it into another one. Yeah. What was, what's your biggest hang up right now? What's your biggest roadblock? And see, see if we can work you through it. Bookkeeping. I'm term like, I'm, you know, my fiance, I need to have a separate bank account for each property, which I think is ludicrous. Um, I, I think I, it helps. We do. I don't think you, you don't absolutely have to, but I, I think it makes the books a lot cleaner when you have a separate yeah. bank account for each property. And especially if you have a separate LLC, I don't know. How, how, do, you, how do you guys do it, uh, Colby? Yeah. So Tim, I think we're, so your 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 fiance is is correct but i think what you're thinking at is is there's two ways to look at this is one is i honestly i think you're looking at this too small scale so yes if you're just going out and buying a couple duplexes a little eight unit here and stuff like that small stuff um you know do you need to have you know multiple llc's and stuff like this maybe maybe not that's a discussion to have with your accountant mm-hmm. and an attorney, um, because besides the um, the accounting piece of it and the bookkeeping side of it, you know, there's legal sides for protection mm-hmm. and stuff as well. Um, I will tell you, is any property that I do that is not solely mine um, has its own LLC, mm-hmm. but I'm dealing in 15, 20, 50 unit 
complexes, and also they had their own bank account. So whichever bank, because a lot of these uh, these smaller properties, I do a lot of JV. I prefer JV over a syndication. So I don't have the same partners on each each of the joint ventures, if you will. So that's hence again why. I keep a separate LLC with its own operating agreement, who the partners and blah, blah, blah. So it keeps it clean and also its own set of accounts. And typically if I'm not using agency debt, um, even if I am, uh, it's whatever bank I'm utilizing for that asset or portfolio um, in that market is who I open my accounts with. So a lot of times too, what I'm finding out is when I'm going to get my terms for my loans, it's a local bank because um, I'm, I'm getting better terms um, ter- uh, terms yeah. and money cheaper and, and easier than trying to get agency debt. Yeah. So there's a little bit more hurdles to jump through. But one thing to find out is going, hey, I'm going to open an account with you guys. If I don't already have that business relationship, you guys bring this in. Guess what? I'm also going to open up a savings and checking account for this property. And any other property you guys open up, we're also going to open up separate ones. And they like that because that's really, really going to make their money and stuff as well. So they want to keep your money. So just something to think about. Uh, and going back to is, um, you know, so so looking at your bookkeeping piece, that is one of my biggest uh, challenges as well. I hate it. I am not a numbers guy. Uh, I'm big ideas. I'm an integrator. Uh, or I'm not an integrator. I'm a visionary more, more so. Um, but still, you got to educate yourself. Get some basic bookkeeping. And as soon as you can afford it, outsource it. Get it to somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's necessary to have that understanding. You got to know what the other guy's job is, mm-hmm. or else you can't you can't hear him in the right direction. Is knowledge. Yeah. And I also I want to touch Tim because you brought it up as you know, like you know, your boss says, don't do anything until next year and stuff. Honestly, what I think is important and you should focus on now is build your team. So you don't need to have, don't worry about, you know, finding properties and stuff, still find properties, underwrite them, play with them, do the numbers saying, Hey, if I bought this, here's what I would do. Um, You know, here's how much I'd pay, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, It's it's great to go through that process, but find you a third party uh, property management, local contractors. I know you can do a lot of stuff yourself, but if you find a 10, eight to 10 unit, you may not have the time. I you know, don't. right. How yeah. much is your time worth? So start that vetting process. Find a couple of, of uh, two to three property management companies you like. You don't have to, you know, um, uh, an attorney, lenders, uh, title companies. Start building, you know, having those resources. So when you do start looking, then you can automatically go, bam, I've got this property. Wow. Hey, guess what? I'm going to send it over to my potential mm-hmm. lender. Hey, here's what I have. You know, you guys interested in this? What kind of terms can you give me? Hey, I'm. You know, you you write up a, a your LOI, your letter of intent, or your purchase sales agreement. Um, I don't cut and paste. I have an attorney. I pay them good money for each one for each state. I have one. That's my go-to. Same thing with a lending uh, our uh, title company for closings. Mm-hmm. I use the same ones. So the same attorney, the same. So basically the process becomes streamlined, but I started building that prior to my first, to looking for my first property. So that's what I would suggest for you starting out is build those teams and what, and then also is look for partners. Don't do this on your own. 
right? Because you're saying eight units and stuff. And that's great. Because uh, if the numbers make sense, the numbers make sense. But if you can go through and why, because what you won't realize is it's harder for me even now to get a $700,000 loan um, versus a $1.5 million loan. Yeah. Wow. So it's a million dollars is one fine, especially with local banks. Finding above it, um, is getting is a lot easier than you think because it's going to rely more on that property. Yeah. But that being said, is find uh, you know go to um, you know bigger pockets, uh, local real REI, uh, RE, um, yeah, real estate groups yeah. in your area. Find yeah. other like-minded investors. Yeah. Yeah. Every deal I I do like so. Mm-hmm. Um, this this twenty unit I just talked about. I have. Uh, five other partners on it. We we work great. I, I love it. it's like my dream team is what yeah. I call. It. You know, so um, and and now any other deal right? we did this twenty unit, it was small, one point two million dollars, right? I'm like ah, that's small. I used to be like, holy crap, that's a lot of money. Um, but we got it knocked out. Like uh, got it taken out. Now we're looking at other properties, bigger unit, and we are. I have my team. Mm-hmm. So for this thing, we're going to go in and, and from here on out, we may, you know, by in two years, we may have 500 units. Yeah. So, yeah, I, so I, don't think small, uh, think as a partnership, build your team and you're going to see how easier this gets and less stressful and less intimidating it is. Yeah. And one, yeah, one thing my- that's good about building the team, if you have the the lender and you have the property manager and, and Colby mentioned it, I mean, you send them the deal. Um, they can help you underwrite it. But one one extra tidbit or one extra benefit of building that team is when you send the deal to your property manager and you send your deal to your, your lender, they're going to look over the numbers just, I mean, and, and they're going to look at it from a different perspective and they'll be able to yeah. give you feedback on whether or not it's a good deal. I mean, you're going to need these guys to help you manage it and help you finance it, but find somebody that can give you good, honest feedback and say, Hey, this is a good deal, or eh, you know what? Because you know, the property managers, they see a lot of apartments. Lenders see yeah. a lot of apartments, and they'll be able to guide you on on that part. So before you put the head in the noose. Yeah, before before you get the deal under contract. Absolutely. Yeah. Before you get the deal under contract, make sure your lender's looking at it. Make sure your um uh, your team, your 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 property manager is probably the next important person, but make sure that at least those two guys are looking it over. Got if it's it. a heavy value add, your contractor should be looking at it. I'm very so, fortunate. I have a lawyer that has a title company built into their practice. So nice. Uh, they're very well known in the area, very well respected. They've done all three of my closings. So uh, I'm very fortunate in that. And mm-hmm. uh, But the big thing is there's a, a woman locally, Patty Furman, who owns like a whole bunch of uh, um, uh, hair cutteries, and also and scads of uh, apartment complexes. And she's been very, very um, helpful in guiding me uh, mistakes and dealing with uh, tenants who weren't paying and other issues. So um, I do have that team there, but I need to become more intimate and and, uh, and participate in what she's doing. She's very active, very, very active. Yep. Very well. So. All right. Well, we are about out of time. So I'm going to okay. ask each of you one last question. And, and Colby, you get to go first. How can listeners learn more about you? Yeah, so you can uh, find me, uh, look up my my company website. Um, it's Veteran Pride Investment Group. Uh, it's a .org, www.veteranpride, 
uh, vestmentgroup.org, I believe. Um, also is, is um, I, and I'll be honest because marketing stuff, I'm more of a doer than a, than a, than a shower. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my site's not initially up to be up to, up to date per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can still get a hold of me that way. But actually is, is best way to get a hold of me is colby.bowers at veteranpride.org. Shoot me an email. Um, I get so many requests on social media, LinkedIn and all that stuff that I don't have a lot of time. You know, I'm focusing on the day to day stuff. Um, want to get my attention, get a hold of me, talk to me, shoot me an email. Gladly talk right. to you. Up phone and calls we'll, we'll, we'll put a link to the website and we'll put your email address in the show notes. So anybody interested in contacting Colby, um, that's where to find it. And Tim, same question for you. How can people learn more about you? I, I probably right on regular Facebook, Tim Dooley. Uh, right here in Virginia Beach, but you know, I've I've got websites for uh, my side business where I turn old junk into lamps, mm-hmm. and uh, where it's been it's been a fun project with my daughter who's adopted from China. We donate back to her orphanage, and I like the philanthropic side of what you're doing, Colby. I need to probably do something to create a more professional LinkedIn would probably be a good start for me. So I'll probably yep. do that uh, very uh, very near future. All right. Look forward to that. Yeah. And de- definitely, I think LinkedIn's a, a great place to, to meet good people, um, especially when you're doing business stuff. So, all right. That said, thank you guys for coming on the show today. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Brian. Brian. Wonderful to make contact with you. Thank you for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast today, brought to you by Four Oaks Capital. If you'd like to know more about how to invest in apartment buildings or want to be a guest in our show, visit our website at fouroakscapital.com slash podcast or email us directly. If you're still listening, you obviously like the show. So pull out your phone, tap subscribe and leave us a five star rating on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you again next week.